Hey, whatever. You are now tuned in to the Growing Gardenias podcast, a podcast created to bring you insight on mental wellness and self-help. Always remember you are still growing and still learning daily and you are lovely. Subscribe for weekly gems. Gardenia blessings to each of you. I'm your host, Nira Jasmine, and this is episode 34, Finessing the Finances. Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of the Growing Gardenias podcast. Today, I have a guest, Miss Tiana. Hey. So introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. What do you do? Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my name is Tiana Robinson. I'm a financial advisor with Equitable. So long and short, um, I really just help people achieve their financial goals through goal-based planning. That can entail budgeting, saving, investment basics, the whole nine. So it just depends on what you're looking to get done with your life. I'll make sure you get there. That's dope. That's dope. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to have you. A lot so of people I. were asking me about like finance and stuff. So just a disclaimer, we don't know each other. I randomly hit her up on Instagram and I was like, I hope she's with it. And she was. <laughs> so here we are. So thank you for being here. Thank of you for course, coming. Of course. Thanks for having me. So let's just get right into it. So I asked people on Instagram what questions they wanted to ask you. And okay. there's a lot. <laughs> so we'll just start off with the general. What made you get into finance? Like, what made you interested in this field? All right. So I've loved money all my life, of course. Nah. <laughs> Mood. Now, nah, money's always been big to me, but I never thought this was actually a career. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just like, think about it. Like a financial advisor is like, what are you talking about? Also, how old are you? Oh, I'm 23 for everybody 23 out there. 23-year-old black woman financial advisor. Yes. Okay, honey. Yes. Just want to put that <laughs> out there. And, I mean, that in itself, this really is like a predominantly white man's game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're we doing it out here. Don't be discouraged, guys. But um, long and short of it, my current manager really was my financial advisor. Mm-hmm. I ran around in circles. I've had literally like 13 jobs. <laughs> wow. And um, Like within your field or outside? No, in, in life. Oh, okay. And so... um. Yeah, short amount of time I got that done. But I met him when I was in real estate. He came over, just kind of brought me into the business and just took off from there and never looked back. Okay, okay. That's dope. And you see yourself doing this like. Oh, hands forever. on. This is it. Yeah. The 13 jobs is done. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. So, questions. First question What is the best way to invest your money? Mm, okay. Before I um, answer any questions, one thing I definitely got to disclose is that none of this is investment advice. I can't technically, I can't legally give advice in a general setting, but if you want specific advice, definitely DM me, hit me up. I'll make sure I leave my info. Yes, Um, I will put information in the description box. Hit her up. So the best way to invest is really going to be personally based. Um, I will say this, there's no wrong way or wrong time to invest. So a lot of people think that, you know, I need large lump sums of money to start investing. Mm -hmm. I got to know this, this, and that. I should be this age. There really is no wrong time to invest. You can invest however and whenever you really want to, to be honest. Okay. And um, are there any specific things people should invest? Like, specifically for millennials. Okay. So the biggest thing that I tell millennials is to make sure you get into something that's not fixed so you know that shouldn't be hard because a lot of us have commitment issues if I'm being honest (laughs) (laughs) Oof. (laughs) but um you want to make sure that you know you're doing something that has flexibility to really grow and change while you're growing and changing in life Mm -hmm. so you know that can be in real estate that can be in the stock market you can decide to invest even in businesses you just got to make sure that whatever you invest in really like is tailor suited to you Okay. And how do you know what's tailor suited to you? Like, what are some things that people should look for? So I would say start with what you want to get out of it. Start with your end goal. Like, 
this is what I'm looking to accomplish. I'm trying to get this much money. I want this kind of return. I want to make sure it's done in this time frame. And then work backwards. Okay, what are some avenues that I can go through, you know, to get these things accomplished? I mean, the beautiful thing is that we all got Google. So, you know, you can really find the answers to anything that you want. But, you know, the best thing to do is just sit down with an advisor. You, you know, if you break your arm, you're feeling sick, you go to the doctor. You don't just, like, right. self-diagnose and WebMD. So, I mean, people do, but you should They do, but you, <laughs> you should go to the doctor. <laughs> so, you know, seek out an advisor, somebody that has maybe just the answers or been through what you're looking for. Right. And just ask for help. Okay, okay, thank you. So next question is, and I got this a couple of times, so I just made it into <laughs> one question. What do you think about Forex versus the stock market? Ooh, I knew that was coming. I <laughs> yeah, knew it was coming. I got like at least three people asked me about that. Okay, so let's start with what Forex is. So Forex is just a foreign exchange market. The stock market that people know of is just, you know, our regular stocks, daytimes, open from 9.30 to 4. The Forex market is open a lot longer and later, which is why it's so much more interesting to people. So imagine, you know, if you work a full-time job, 9 to 5, you can't trade in the regular stock market. It's closed at 4. Mm-hmm. But you can trade in a foreign exchange market. So all you're really doing is, is buying and selling currencies from different places. You know, I want to buy the U.S. dollar and, and sell it for euro. Mm-hmm. I want to sell the euro and get some yen. There's nothing wrong with Forex in and of itself. The issue that I really see with it is that it's the way that people are going about it. So, you know, a lot of times you see like this sort of network marketing Mm -hmm. situation with it where, okay, let me bring on this person under my team, get them up and running. They got to pay 200 and something dollars a month. Mm -hmm. I'll teach them how to trade. And most of the time they don't actually learn how to trade. Mm -hmm. They're just making money off of other people coming into the business. So I would say just steer clear of something like that and make sure that if if you jump into that market, make sure you really learn how to trade for itself. So how would you learn how to trade then? So there are, um, actually, I have a great guy that, that's big in um, in the Forex market. His name is Handsome Kelly. Um, he, he's really somebody that you want to kind of learn from. But you can go and get informationals. You, again, you can Google this. You can seek out people who are big in Forex. You just want to make sure you ask them the right questions. Right. Hey, listen, am I going to learn how to really kind of you know buy and sell properly to really Mm -hmm. trade take advantage of the pip swings things like that yeah instead of just recruiting do i have to keep recruiting people will i be kind of cut off like and really ask to see their book like don't be afraid to g-check nobody (laughs) you know what i mean so ask them hey listen what kind of profits are you taking how do you learn how to scalp things like that all Mm -hmm. these terms that they keep throwing out make sure they really know what it means right and what would you say are like the risks and benefits of each cool. like stock market and forex or versus each other? Okay. So either way, um, what you're really doing is you're putting your money into this investment. So, you know, it can go up and can go down and go round and round. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very similar in the sense that, you know, in both situations, you're buying something, you're using your money to get it, and you're looking to kind of let it grow and make money. You want to take advantage of short-term swings when you're trading in either directions. The pro is that, you know, you're going to make money or build interest so quickly on money that otherwise you wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. If you notice, like in regular savings accounts, um, typically you get like 0.01% interest. So like every thousand dollars, you're getting a penny. Mm -hmm. In these kinds of situations, now that you're investing, you're looking at making five, six, maybe 10% daily even, you know, monthly, whenever, just regularly. Mm -hmm. So that's always a pro. Um, the pullback would be that if you don't know what you're doing, you can really lose a lot of your money. Mm-hmm. So I would never dive headfirst into something I don't understand. And typically, a lot of people hear stock market and only think about stocks themselves. There's many other investments in the stock markets that are a lot safer. What other investments? Because I only 
heard about stocks. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's mutual funds, um, which pretty much if you have a retirement account anywhere, you're already invested in mutual funds. You okay. just don't know it. So mutual funds are a better way to start out. There's things called indexes where pretty much you can almost guarantee to kind of protect yourself on the downside where you don't even have to lose money. Mm-hmm. You'll just be kind of capped on your upside for how much you can make. There's literally this. I'm telling you, there's investments for people who don't want to lose penny. Mm-hmm. It's just about what kind of risk can you take? What kind of rewards? You always want to go through what's called a risk tolerance to make sure that you can handle what you're getting into. What are you, is there a website for that? How do you? you can, or would um, you meet just you can, like you can Google it. Meet with um, advisor. You can find one on Morningstar. You can get one from an advisor. It's about like an eight piece questionnaire. They mm-hmm. update it every single year, and it'll just kind of tell you based off you know how you respond to the questions, your time horizon. You should fall in maybe a moderate portfolio, an aggressive portfolio, and then you'll find individual investments that suit that. Okay. Yep. Thank you for that information. For sure. <laughs> so to follow up, how do you begin investing the right way? Is there even a right way? And I did air quotes because you can't see me. <laughs> um, yes. So I don't like to say right and wrong for too many things. But um, okay. So the best thing to do is, is you got to go through your budget. First and foremost, whatever amount that you start investing with needs to be comfortable. You want to make sure that, to begin with, you have a comfortable enough emergency savings or um, emergency fund. At least three months of your core expenses should be already saved in a bank. Just, mm-hmm. just sitting there. God forbid something happens, you're taking care of your bills, you're not losing and sleep. how much should it be? Like a, Three that? to six months. Um, so depending if your like, expenses are maybe 2000 you want to have at least like $6,000 minimum. Okay. At all times, ready for an emergency. Mm-hmm. After that, if you have surplus money, you can say, hey, listen, let me start you know, divvying up and getting investments. Still want to make sure you're saving something, but you want to make sure at that point that you start letting your money grow. Mm-hmm. So I would say to start with something comfortable, maybe a smaller percentage um, of what you're left over with, and just kind of feel it out first. See what you're, you're willing to do with it. Right. And this part is really going to be goal-based as well. Um, this depends on what else you need your money for, when you need it, etc. So. Okay. Okay. And what do you think of apps like Robinhood, Acorn, like those money-saving Um, They're great conceptually. Apps. So I like the concept. You know, it makes sense. Pretty much you want to kind of scrape what's left over, mm. round it up, save it up, start investing it. I like it because it gets people interested in the idea of investing, which, to be honest, just about everybody should be interested in at least learning about it. Mm. Um, the only caveat <laughs> I guess I have sometimes with it is the way that they split it up. So sometimes they spread what's left over a little too thin, and it's just not that lucrative. What do you mean? So um, let's say maybe with Robinhood, right? Well, let me not take no shots. In general, <laughs> let's say maybe. To this podcast. I hope not. Don't don't sue me. <laughs> um, you know, let's say maybe we're left with like five dollars. What I'll typically see happen is that they'll spread it across maybe fifty different mutual funds, mm. and at that point, you're buying like point zero 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 one of a fund, which is not bad in essence, but it's not going to grow the way that you need it to. And, the way that they spread it out is going to take forever for you to really get those gains. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of times the expense ratios are not that clear for people who are starting out. They don't really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. So they'll put the money in it. It's like, okay, well, I don't see anything happening. And they don't understand why it's not growing that quickly. And then they kind of pull out or stop. Mm-hmm. So they get discouraged by it. And then just to go back, because you were speaking about how there are a bunch of other things besides stocks that people can invest mm-hmm. in. How do you find out about those other things? Because, like, you said mutual funds. Yep. So there's mutual funds. There's indexes. You can invest in commodities like gold, silver. You can invest in um, real estate as its own thing or something mm-hmm. called a REIT, a real estate investment trust. And that's actually in the stock market, too. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, this is really just a research portion. You yeah. know, stocks are just that's the word that people hear so that's why people only think about one thing right but there are like a million different types of investments there's things called um etfs they're exchange traded funds this is like i can kind of go on forever are um, there apps to help you like get into this get to the different ones yeah most apps focus on mutual funds because it's more of a simple concept and um the better way to start I want to say what's, what's an app that does Like, do you ETS? just go on Google and, like, I want to invest in this? And then yeah, I literally like, Google, hey, what are the different types of stock market investments? Mm. And they'll give you, like, a whole slew of them. And how to do it and all this. Are there any apps that help with that? Like, explaining it better? TD. TD has a good, um, all right, so TD Ameritrade, they have a Thinkorswim kind of educational platform that'll teach you how to kind of start out with your trading. It's and free? like. Yeah. Okay. How to really learn about different things. So I say if you really want to learn a little more in depth, get on TD Ameritrade. I definitely, you know, I trade on them myself. Um, and their thinkorswim platform is pretty good for learning. There's also like courses that they do every now and then in person that'll be for free. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just gotta really kinda hunt, do your research for it. But they're out there. There's a lot of information out there. And then, you know, what I do on my um Instagram or what I'm gonna start picking up is a lot more just videos on general topics. Yeah, I watch some of your videos that you have on Snap. <laughs> Because I'm interested in investing, but I don't know where to start. I tried Forex, but I think also with that, you have to have the drive and the discipline. And it was just more so like, okay, I don't feel like doing this right now. Maybe I'll try it again. I don't know. See, that's the other thing, I guess, to talk about like how or or the right way or time. Um, With Forex, what a lot of people don't understand is that what you're doing really is trading. Yeah. So there's a difference. There's different strategies for how you invest. There's trading where literally you're buying and selling nonstop. Mm-hmm. You have to be focused on the market yeah. pretty much at all times. Yeah. So if you work, if you have hobbies, you're not that interested, it's really not going to be that realistic that you're yeah. going to do it. Um, but you can also do what's called a buy and hold strategy. You can literally just buy something, let it grow over time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm not looking to make money on this like immediately. Yeah. I want it to kind of grow. I want to pull this money out in six, seven, eight months, mm-hmm. a year from now. You don't have to watch it that often. You check in every now and then. Yeah. Check your little stock app and <laughs> yeah. see what's going on with it. Yeah, that's what my partner does. He has a bunch of different stocks that he has and yeah. making money over time. And that's it. Just buy and hold it. So for somebody that's busy that really doesn't understand and can't keep up with the market that mm-hmm. often, buying and hold makes a lot more sense. Can you do the buy whole thing for like the mutual funds and mm-hmm. the other investment types anything that you want so oh, that's it's okay. there's the types of investments you choose and then the strategy that you choose so that's the difference between trading and buying and holding it's just the type of strategy so what would you recommend for like starting not even people not even just millennials anybody like a mother who got kids who has a job a person who's unemployed a person cool. who has hobbies like whatever for whoever what would um, you recommend definitely sit with an advisor <laughs> Um, all right. In terms of what word booker, um, <laughs> in terms of like what would be most beneficial for said person. So like okay, I'll use myself as as an example. Okay. Um, I work a uh, nine to five mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. Um, what would be most beneficial for me? I don't think. Well, I tried forex and I was like, nah, yeah. this is not work. <laughs> so okay. like, what would be something else that I could get into if I'm interested in investing? Okay. Cool. Um. Not advice right now, um, but if you want advice, you won't have to book her. Okay. Yeah, I literally just go to sis office <laughs> legally. I just can't <laughs> give out advice. But um, what I would say is, is again, we got to run through your risk tolerance. I really would want to see like what your your so all right. For example, if you have long term goals, right? You're looking for something maybe ten years down the line. Mm-hmm. We may be able to put you in something a little more aggressive. 
because you don't need the money right away. Mm-hmm. If you have something short term, I need to pay off some debt in like two years. I need mm-hmm. to maybe buy a home in three years. Yeah. We're going to put you in something a lot safer, mm-hmm. but that will still grow. Um, but regardless, with somebody that's working like that, really the buy and hold strategy makes sense. So what I would say is like buy on a regular basis. Every month, allocate this much to go towards your investments. You'll just keep buying them, buying mm-hmm. them, buying them. Once you're ready to pull out, that's when we'll just sell them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is starting to make a little sense because I don't do my research. But Here we go. Keep doing research. <laughs> um, I'm going to come see you because... <laughs> <laughs> It'll make sense when you sit down. You're yeah. Like, ah. <laughs> okay. So more like the personal side. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions was, as a financial advisor, do you ever feel like overly invested in your clients or is there ever any like emotional attachments or anything <laughs> to your clients or like you wanting to oh, go yeah. out of your, your way to like... Definitely. It's a gift and a curse. Um, so there's definitely a certain level of personability that you have to have, or mm-hmm. personality, I guess. Um, but it can bite you. Like, How I so? won't curse. <laughs> curse if you want to. All right, say less. <laughs> um, all right, so so I wouldn't get specific, but I've had clients where, you know, I'll give them the plan literally to the T. I'll let you mm-hmm. know, hey, this, 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 and this is what you're doing. Yeah. I can't force anybody to do anything, especially the things that don't have to do with me. So yeah. and when it comes to investments and accounts, I'm going to be buying for you. I'm going to be taking care of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You're going to be checking in. You'll have access to it. But I'm responsible for that. But your savings account has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. So if I tell you to save this much, just do it. Yeah. I, I can't do anything <laughs> for that. Yeah. So I guess what, what really gets to me is that, especially with clients that need help digging out of a hole, mm-hmm. to see them like not do it and never have and a good reason drives me up the wall. And then I, I found myself once and I said never again, um, taking it too far. So, you know, I come up with a thorough budget. And a lot of times people are missing money that they don't understand. It's like, oh, well, I'm not really left with $800. I'm only left with two. And we can't really figure out the discrepancy. So yeah. what I'll say is, like, kind of comb through your, your your statements. Comb through the last two months. Sync it up to an app and really see what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they don't want to do the work, of course. So one time, I think it was just frustrating the hell out of me. And it was like, you know, this client was in great shape um, because of the kind of career she has. Mm-hmm. But she was still losing literally, like, $1,000 to she has no idea why. Yeah. So I'm like, that's way too much money to blow out the water. So I said, listen, send me your statements. I'll comb through it. I'll go piece by piece and I'll try to just really like figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. That was the worst decision I ever made because that took way too long. Oof. Way too long. Like Why? literally, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I got meetings to run, I got things to do. And I'm like piecing together, like, all right, you spent this much here and this much here. And like this going much out here. of your way because that's yeah, not a part of Not like, at all. I don't be paid for that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, way too deep. So that's something that they have, definitely have to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, you, you got to be invested in your clients. It's really part of the job. Mm-hmm. I'm a financial advisor. I am a therapist. I am a, uh, a medical person to an extent. I schedule medical. Like, I, I deal with a lot. Yeah. So, so I was follow-up question. What is, like, if somebody comes to visit you about advisement, um, like, what does that look like? Like, how do you – can you walk me through that? Process? Yeah. All right, cool. So, typically, um, I'd probably well, start well, with a phone call. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably start with a phone call. Really just try to figure out, like, what your main priorities are, what mm-hmm. you want to emphasize. And when we sit down, it's typically about an hour conversation, um, give or take, you know, 15 minutes if you have more questions. So what we'll start off with are short-term goals and long-term goals. So I'll ask you, hey, what are you looking to get done in the next couple of years? What do you need to get done later on? You know, just really kind of see your picture. 
after that, I'll probably start to dive into the stock market. So do you understand how the stock market works? Right. Do you need an educational piece? And I'll just get, I'll give the whole layout. Like, this is what this does. This is how this works, et cetera, et cetera. Do you do the educational part, too, and everything? Yeah. Okay. To the T. That's actually the most important part of me, to okay. be honest. Because then that makes everything else make sense. Yeah. Um, after that, we'll typically dive into a budget. So I like to see what's coming in, what's going out, what do we currently have going on, and pretty much just making sure that the money that's left over is really circling back to help you achieve your goals. Because if you're left over with this much money and you're not getting your goals done, are you really trying to get them done? Right, right. You know, so that's the main purpose is to get you to your goals in the best way possible. Okay. Okay. And so for your difficult clients, because I'm sure you have difficult clients, <laughs> how do you deal with how do you deal with that? How do you manage that? Oh, we drink a lot. <laughs> we drink a whole lot. And they, no. <laughs> Ooh, Patron. We, we Patron people oh, over here. I do not like Patron. Mm. 1942? I'm not a, a light person. Oh, no, I don't like tequila. tequila. My best friend loves Patron. See, we got to talk. Not me. I like Henny. <laughs> you on the dark side. Say yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's my mood. Um, Nah, so I, I mean, I learned honestly through real estate, there's only a certain level, certain amount of like bullshit that I'm willing to, to deal with. Mm. Call a spade a spade. So, you know, if you're difficult not by choice I'll deal with it right. there's a lot of people I like get crazy headaches for but I'll deal with it I have no problem with it mm-hmm. but if you're like consistently not gonna listen I'll be quick to cut it off I'll let you know like listen it's, it's just we're not right for each other Yeah. cause it's a two way fit so from one you gotta trust me you gotta be comfortable with me but I gotta be able to be comfortable with you too Right. Right. so if this relationship don't work you gotta find the next advisor <laughs> <laughs> that's it later and then we wanna get a drink right <laughs> okay so you mentioned earlier that this is like a white man's field. Oh, yeah. So being a black woman in this field, do you face any microaggressions? And if so, how do you how do you deal with that? I get a lot more flag just for being a woman, period. Oh, okay. Not even Which so is much as like a black yeah. But no, yeah. This it's the biggest issues that I get are for being young and, and being a woman. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely seen a race I've seen actually pros to be in black in a business now really because like we're in a like a, a cultural shift almost right now mm-hmm. so you know being black is in yeah so it's Everybody like all right to be black I until need it's time my... to be black but i digress because that's another that's conversation <laughs> so it's like you know what i need my diversity client i need this i need that yeah. so there's certain areas um even promotions right now that i can get that i know just off the strength of being black because they need kind of that token yeah we're being honest um but the pullbacks like is being a woman most of the time it's like well, women, other women are catty, so you got to make sure that you know you get the attitude out the way and that they're open and receptive. Mm-hmm. Like, and you mean clients wise or like your client wise? Okay. Um, guys, just they just be trying to talk to you all day long. Like trying to do your job. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that's that's not why we're here. Right. I don't even want to like that's a whole whole conversation. So um, it's really just trying to sift through like all the BS. Mm-hmm. As far as working with colleagues, it actually is it's not that bad. You know, mm-hmm. okay. I've only seen um my, my current firm has thirteen VPs, and two of them are black, but they're all men. No, there's one. There's one female. She's a okay. uh, white woman, but is they're all men. Two of you? It's only two of you, two women. Uh, no, nah, there's there's plenty. There's a few women advisors, but as okay. far as the VPs, like really people in um like management roles. Oh, okay. There's one woman. She's maybe in like her thirties, white woman. Mm-hmm. And um, there's two black guys that are pretty young. That's about it. So, okay. I would be the first because it's that's something that's um in the process right now. Within the next year, I'll be one of the VPs. So Ooh, I'm gonna be one of the first black sis. ones. So I'm putting it out heard there. You, period. <laughs> Manifest it. <laughs> 
So that's going to be dope. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So you would still be, would you still be financially advising people as a VP? I would. Or, okay. But um, so I pretty much, I'll be doing what I'm doing now, but I'm going to start taking on a team of other advisors to start managing. So oh, okay, I'll be running okay. with them more so than dealing with my own practice. I'll be mm-hmm. kind of helping them build their own practice. Okay. I don't know what they got to do. There's classes that I'll start teaching in a branch for oncoming advisors, things like that. Um, so but I'll like still be in my advisor for everybody roles. else too. Yeah. That's dope. So, it'll be a lot. <laughs> you got this. Nothing you can't handle. I'm sure. Just from, I don't know you like that, but just from like speaking to you, it just seems like that. So. I appreciate that. You know, black <laughs> women, period. Um, okay, so next question. How do you self-care? Because I'm going to assume that this can be quite stressful and <laughs> dealing with people, different attitudes, different personalities, different financial problems. And I know when you're stressed out about finances, that's like the yeah. worst. So how do you self-care? <sighs> All right, so this is actually something that I'm starting to do now, like, this year. So mm-hmm. I've been really bad, especially the past year, at putting enough time. Like, I really don't put myself first. Mm-hmm. So not having enough time set aside for myself. So what I'm doing now is um, Sundays are off limits. I used to run meetings, like, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now Sundays are off limits. Don't don't look at me. Don't ask me for <laughs> nothing. Actually, As like, you should. most of the day, I really don't even want to talk to anybody. Yeah. I'm like, don't don't text me. I'm just not hearing it. Um, yeah. So I'm doing that. I'm making sure that I really, like, get into, like, I never really had a skincare regime. I'm trying to find one that I like. I recommend Dr. Bronner's peppermint. Do you have sensitive skin? Uh, most of my skin is usually good, but this right here just be wilding. I, it just gets so oily. I have, Okay, so I have... Well, you got nice skin. I don't even see any, like, well, blemishes you. or anything. I don't know. I'll be here, like... But Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap, I started using that, so I'm trying to clear my skin. It's only been, like, a couple weeks, so... I'll give you an update in a couple I'm about to write that down when we finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my biggest portion of that is just, it's just quiet. Like, literally in my life, in my house, it's nothing but noise. There's, like, five of us. There's, there's two kids. There's another one coming, and there's a dog. It's always noise. <laughs> so it's always something Everybody's always on. looking for me for something. And where work is, like, that is my job to help other right, people. So right. quiet is my biggest part of self-care. Yes. That's it. I respect <laughs> it. No. Make sure you put in yourself first. You have on my to. list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so being someone in this field, are you more or less stressed by finances? Like, do you ever find yourself in a pickle or, like, struggling with your own finances? So it's funny. Um, yes and no. So I've, like, switched the way that I look at money now. Mm-hmm. So um, it's always going to be funny because I'm in, a, in an entrepreneurial role. So, right. like, I don't – there's no, like, salary for me. There's no W-2. I'm all commissioned. Mm-hmm. Everything is just, like, I make my own schedule – my money is based off the way that I run my meetings and how I get it done. Right. So if I leave, I ain't making no money. Yeah. Right. So that in itself is always going to be a bit of a stressor, but um, more so I focus a lot of my money into the long term. Okay. So really the biggest stress that I have is making sure that I'm comfortable with the way that I'm stretching my short term, mm-hmm. but I know I'm good later on. So like I put a lot of money away for retirement. I put a lot of money into what's called stock options at my job okay. because I plan on buying a property in a couple of years. And I'm like, all of my money for the most part is going over there. So I leave myself with very little for the interim, mm-hmm. but we do things like client events where, you know, like, for example, this Friday, we booked out the IPIC Theater, taking all my clients to see Bad Boys. So oh, I'm paying for that. That's nice. Saturday, we're going to the Nets game. We got a suite. Girl, I'm about to be one of your clients. <laughs> Hold I'm telling you, this, we have fun. We make, sure we, have fun. <laughs> we make sure we have fun on this side. Um, so we can get stressful, but I don't look at money the same way at all anymore. Money's just literally here to do the things that I needed to do. Okay. So. And so I guess another follow up is how do you personally save like or your own budgeting plan like okay. for your like your personal life, mm-hmm. work, cool. your family, whoever. So I split my money up 
in several buckets. Um, first things first is I do autosave slight. So I do a very small amount of autosave, and at the end of the month, I surplus. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is... Um, what do you do that through? Like, is there an app or... Mm-hmm. So my, my direct deposit goes straight to Chase. So even okay. within Chase, I'll have $200 a month go to my savings. Mm-hmm. But then I have another 200 go to a separate savings and then um additionally i have 200 go to my investment account at td ameritrade mm-hmm. so like i make sure i save at least that much off rip going in different buckets mm-hmm. after that um i do seven percent into my my retirement account but i put away ten percent into my stock options okay. so a lot of my money is going just from like that yeah i'll make sure i take care of my bills you know i keep my um budget pretty clean the only thing that fluctuates is my food budget like most people and then once I'm left over with money, I just dump it away. Dump mm-hmm. it in savings. So it's not really... So you don't, um, like, spend or anything? No, nah, I definitely have fun. But a lot of it is, like, it almost is work-related. It tails into the work. So, like, okay. like the client events, I'll be like, all right, let's just chuck it up to work. Yeah. I mean, you know that's convenient, I mean? though. Like <laughs> That's it. You know, we, we work it out in a smart system. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of my stuff is, like, you know, my core bills. Food is the one thing I give myself a lot of flexibility on. And then outings, like, I do, like, happy hours a lot. Yeah. So. I mean, they like five dollar drinks. I mean, listen, find <laughs> the deals. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. So, next question: um, What's the best way to accumulate interest with your money? Cool. Um, on a basic, basic, basic level, everybody should look into high yield savings accounts. So, those are online only savings accounts. Um, the difference is that Chase. High yield, high, high yield oh, savings. High yield. Okay. So like online savings. Um, so the difference is that like Chase, Bank of America, all the regular banks, they have to pay for rent, utilities, like mm-hmm. everything like that. So you'll get 0.01%, 0.03. Maybe if you get a credit union, 0.3%. Mm-hmm. But you never get 1% or better. Right. So, you know, a lot of online savings accounts will give you 2%, 2.5%, 1.5%. A lot more money. So even by doing the same thing you're always doing, you're going to make more interest. Mm-hmm. That's like the bare minimum side. After that, you really want to just start investing. Honestly, investing in the stock market is a great way to really build your money. Real estate can be very lucrative. You just got to know how to play with it. Um, but you want to make sure that you're making at least more than 3% of your money because mm-hmm. every year your money loses value by 3%. So okay. bare minimum, that's where you, you kind of start. how do you make sure you're making more than 3%? Anything for that, you really do have to start investing. So you're not going to get in a savings account. You're not going to get it through, um, you know, again, if the job offers like stock options, usually they'll give you stock at a discount. So mm-hmm. you're pretty much guaranteed to make that kind of money. Um, but you should really get just got to start investing it. Okay. It won't grow on its own. At right. All. <laughs> okay. So speaking of, just because you said you were in real estate, I just, I'm interested in why don't you do real estate anymore? What made you lose interest in that? Real estate was really, really fun. I will always give it that. Um, but it wasn't a passion. So I was I was a realtor for a very short time. I started off cold calling for um, pre-foreclosures. Mm-hmm. So I started off with the hard stuff. <laughs> and literally, I'm calling people who's losing their homes. Uh, so they, you know, can imagine they're hanging yeah. up on me. They're cursing me out. <laughs> the numbers don't work. They're like, yeah. leave me alone. So um, I kind of got my thick skin through that. Yeah. But then I, I went and got my realtor's license. It was a lot of fun. Showing apartments, showing homes, you know, really learning ins and outs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But... I think it was after I had my best month, and I just felt so empty. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, yeah, you know, mind you, I'm still in school. So, I'm in school full-time, and I had did, like, a, a couple of rentals. Like, I sold me. I closed, like, maybe, like, six deals in a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm just standing there, like, all right, now what? Yeah. And I just started, like, shutting down. I was home over the summer. I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm not feeling it. And that was actually the time that I met my current um, manager, who was my advisor. Uh-huh. 
I was like, you know, this kind of came at perfect time. And so I just kind of really got interested in it. I referred them a couple of people, sat in on their meetings. And, like, the more I heard it, the more I was like, nah, this, this is kind of where I need to be. There's a lot more flexibility here. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, that's good. Well, I was just, I was curious. Okay. <laughs> um, what are good, oh, look, look at that. We were just talking about this. What are good mutual funds to invest in for people in their 20s? Ooh, okay. This person know they stuff. <laughs> Um, that is going to be based off risk tolerance. So I really don't want to get specific. All right. I'm not going to get specific, but look up the top 20 performing mutual funds from last year. There's one that's on that list that I want to mention, but I can't. So, um, cause you're like, yeah, nah, look up the top 20 mutual funds from 2019. Um, I'll say last year we had an amazing year, so you're definitely going to find a lot of good hitters. You also want to look into one that maybe suits what's left over for you. So, mm-hmm. for example, you know, if you know you left with maybe only like $100, you may want to find something that is um, like the, the share price is kind of low, maybe like a $20 fund, mm-hmm. $25 fund where you can get a couple shares. If you left with maybe five, six hundred, maybe you can look at something for like $50 a share, things like that. So, <clears throat> but make sure you do your risk tolerance first. That's the most important piece. Can you explain risk tolerance? Cool. So, there are basically five main types of investors you'll have a conservative, conservative plus moderate moderate plus and aggressive mm-hmm. um things like cryptocurrency are what's called speculative so they are past aggressive these are people that are basically like just betting on god knows what so you know ranging from conservative to aggressive you can really in- kind of dive into a lot of different things mm-hmm. um so someone who's maybe like a moderate investor right in the middle will invest in what's called blue chip stocks okay. so things like amazon google the stuff that we know is not going anywhere like the big name exactly stuff. okay but they're still gonna grow slightly mm-hmm. now these kinds of stocks you're not gonna typically you're not gonna see 20 percent growth 25 percent growth because you know they're, they're big mm-hmm. amazon right now is, is selling for um 1900 a share mm-hmm. so you're not gonna see that go from 1900 to 38 overnight it's right. just not gonna happen but they're not going anywhere someone who is more conservative you know may not even want to take on that much risk Mm -hmm. they may want to get into something that's only growing three percent but they know they're not going to lose their money Mm -hmm. something super super low risk an aggressive um investor may invest in like things like pharmaceuticals things like you know unknown tech companies startups Mm-hmm. Things that are you're taking a the much bigger stuff. gamble, exactly. Okay. But these kind of companies can spike thirty eight percent, forty percent, like something crazy. So you know you have to make sure that you're comfortable with what you're taking on because the same way it can go up that amount, it can go down by the same amount. Right. And you lose so you have to money. exactly. So mm-hmm. if you're somebody that's conservative, you can't put yourself in an aggressive stock and not expect to potentially lose thirty percent. Mm-hmm. You lose that thirty percent, you're gonna like shit your pants. You're gonna yeah. be upset. Yeah. You're gonna be tight. So. <laughs> That's, like, the most important piece is just making sure you know what field you're kind of getting into. Mm-hmm. And for, like, I guess for millennials, what would you recommend? that Like, because to me, well, I'm, I'm all for taking risks. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I think you should be smart, too. So, like, would you recommend the conservative or, like, is it, like, a spectrum? Like, conservative yeah. is, like, the safest. The lowest, yep. And so, yeah, like, would you recommend, like, somewhere in the middle? Which Nine times like? out of ten people are either moderate or moderate plus. Okay. Especially millennials. Okay. So, and it typically makes sense. You'll get a good return in that area, but you're not going to take on any crazy risk. You're literally right in the middle. Like, no, again, like, Amazon's not going nowhere. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Google is pretty good. You're not going nowhere. You're going to get that kind of growth. It may take some dips, like Netflix did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then it'll spike back up. Yeah, yeah, you'll be comfortable with it. So honestly, moderate, moderate plus typically makes sense. And should you invest in things that you use or like you like on a day? Like me, I to was be looking honest, at Chipotle stocks because I eat Chipotle like every day. I love Chipotle. <laughs> it's like Chipotle is my life. No, that's me. That's me. <laughs> 
Um, nah, it makes sense, hands down. So I always tell people all the time, like, listen, you're gonna keep buying like Jordans and Nikes, you might as well invest in the stock. Yeah. The stock does great. They give back good dividends. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, why not? Um, when it comes to especially individual stocks, you want to make sure you understand and believe in the company. So for example, um, I believe in Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> there's a company called Beyond Meat. Eh, be, the right, vegan? I already said it. Yeah. Okay. So for me personally, I've invested, in, you know, with them over the summer, and this does vegan? not mean nah. Pescatarian? Nope. Oh, okay. Not at all. Meat. Okay. Nah. I, right. I'm, I'm a meat eater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and by no means does this mean that anybody should do what I did, but. You know, I invested with them. Why? I really understood what was going on with it. In my eyes, you know, it makes sense. A lot of people are transitioning to that mm-hmm. kind of lifestyle. I have friends personally, like really close friends that support them heavily. They think, it's, you yeah. know, it's a great product. So I started doing my research into it. Keyword research. Um, <laughs> you know, took a look at the company. It's really, it was, it was in good standings. It made sense for me at the time. So I invested into that. Mm-hmm. So if it's something that you like, something that you already pour your money into heavily, something that you feel like other people really invest into. Yeah. Get into the stock, become an owner, because you're really owning pieces of the company. When mm-hmm. you become, um, when you own stock, you own a part of that company. Right. So instead of just buying the things that they're selling, you know, start buying an asset. Right, right. Make some money on it. So starting off investing into different stocks, how many stocks should somebody buy to begin with? I'd probably start with. Typically, I'd tell you start with a mutual fund because you're getting. Um, but mutual funds, you're investing in several companies at once, mm, so it's okay. not just one like individual company, but. I would start with whatever fund that you choose, really just building up your shares in that one fund okay. before you really kind of branch out. Unless, you know, if you have a surplus of capital, then we'll kind of split it up. You should get what's called like an actively managed portfolio. Mm-hmm. Where you can divide it up and really take advantage of certain things. But okay. I'm coming to you, girl. I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this question. Do you believe that the average person can really be a millionaire? And if so, how? Like, the average person, no handouts, no, like, I guess not having, like, a popping business or something. Just, like, I a do. regular Joe. I do. Hands down. Because um, I've seen it firsthand. So, yeah. through I what, know it's possible. Like investing? Mm-hmm. That's the only way. I'm telling you, you're never going to save penny for penny and become a millionaire. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. You're never going to save penny for penny and become a great thousandaire either. Like, yeah. it's just not going to happen. But if you know your investments, you take the time to do the research, hands down. You know, businesses, real estate is a great one, too. You can literally, like, buy and flip properties and make a couple hundred thousand off rip easily. Mm-hmm. Starting up your own business, um, things like that take off, like, exponentially. The stock market, crazy. Like, there's a guy, I don't find an article, I'll send it to you. This guy started saving for retirement, and he invested so heavily and aggressively with it. And I think after, like, 10, 15 years, like, he, he had, like, a crazy amount of money. He retired in, like, his 30s, like, early oh, wow. 30s. I'm sitting here like, is that um, investing in retirement? Is that like through whatever company you're with, or do you do that? You can do it separately or through the company. So typically, um, a job will offer maybe a 401k, or you probably get like 403b. Um, And what'll happen is you're buying mutual funds inside of a retirement account. Mm -hmm. They'll usually give you some kind of company match. So they'll say, oh, I'll match you 3%. So every 3% you put in, they'll give you 3%. It's pretty much like free money. Right. So if the company is offering something like that, hands down, take advantage of it. But not all companies offer those kinds of accounts. Mm -hmm. So that's when you would actually have to go to a financial firm or sit with an advisor and open up what's called an IRA, um, individual retirement account. Mm -hmm. So you can do it in either spectrum. You can have both, too. You know, you can have a 401k set up and then open up your own IRA Mm -hmm. if you want to save more for retirement. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay. 
This was a personal question that somebody asked. True. What would be the best, the next best thing to work on financially if you're 23 with no debt and you have a 401k set? Cool. Um, short-term investments. So 401ks, retirement accounts are not accessible until age 59 and a half. Something I encounter a lot is that millennials typically want to retire before then. A lot of them, I want to retire 50, 55. If you touch that money prior to 59 and a half, you're going to pay your taxes and a 10% penalty. So you're going to lose like half your money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for somebody who's already taken care of the long term, you know, maybe your expenses are not that crazy. You need short-term growth. You need short-term um, investments, pretty much. So you want to invest maybe even the same way that you invest in your retirement account, but in an account that you can touch. So now I can touch this after two months. I can touch this in like a year. I can touch this Mm. in 10 years. I always say that you want to have at least three different buckets set up. You want to have like your immediate bucket, Mm. three to four really. Immediate bucket, which would be like savings, emergency funds. Right. You want to have a short-term bucket. This is going to be money you can touch whenever, but it's growing. You want to have an intermediary bucket. Would that be the mutual funds, the short-term? Any kind of stock investment you can have in there. But as long as you have access to it, but it's growing as well. Mm -hmm. Um, An intermediary bucket. So this is where you want to have money that's for like maybe like 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line. Mm -hmm. That's also growing. And then you'll have your long term. What happens is a lot of times people only do short and long. And when it's time to buy a house, when it's time to pay off debt, and they need funds that they don't have, they're going to take it from retirement. Mm-hmm. They take the um, the 10% penalty. They pay the taxes. They don't get all the money they thought they were going to get. And now your retirement account is a lot shorter. Yeah. But if you had these in place, you wouldn't have to cross-reference. So. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like I said, I've been saying <laughs> I'm coming to you soon. <laughs> for real. I'm here. I'm here for everybody. <laughs> okay. So next question. Um, do you have any advice on managing your money as a grad student? So this gets tough, right? Because a lot of times you have to take a hiatus from work to really double down on school, um, especially depending on the specialty. You know, it may take a lot of time. I would say you, you don't have to spend as frivolously as you think. Um, obviously, living in New York is super expensive. Like, mm. breathing really costs like 10 bucks. Literally. But... <laughs> You, you just got to kind of analyze your budget. You got to look at it at the end of the day and say, okay, cool. Especially if you're not making money at the time, how can I really scale back in a comfortable level where I'm not driving myself crazy? I'm not a shut-in, but, you know, like, I don't have to do anything. Um, But, like, it's, it's just not hurting me. And what I would say is even if you're not working, there's always the little ways to kind of make some kind of money. So, you know, you maybe think of, like, a hobby, something that you can do from home. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put a lot of energy into it, but it'll kind of start to generate money for you. Yeah. There's so many things that you can do right now. Like, we're just in, like, a weird world. Yeah. <laughs> you can make money from anything. For real. So just make it, save it. You know, high-yield accounts will definitely help you out a little bit, but it's about cutting back on the expenses at that point. Mm-hmm. And so just saving, ultimately. Like. That's it. it it's, it's, it's based on that goal, especially if you get into, like, a little one-year, two-year thing. It's just if you're not working, it's going to be hella difficult. I'm not going to lie. But just you got to really just analyze what you're spending on. When you get that Christmas money, you better save that. <laughs> <laughs> so would you recommend a grad student investing into stocks or into any of the other types of investments? If they don't have money coming in, more than likely not. Um, if they have maybe like a large pot of money that they were sitting on, we'd probably take a piece of it, grow it, and save the majority of it. Mm-hmm. That way they have something building up. But if it's small money that they have and they don't have anything else coming in, um, you just got to make sure that we can get you through your expenses until you're like ready to make more money. So probably not. And do you have suggestions <laughs> for people's? For people whose main stress is their finances. That's everybody's problem, right? <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, 
so I feel like I, I went over this like yesterday with somebody. Um, no matter what your stressor is, you need to always have some kind of like de-stressor, mm-hmm. some kind of opposite to, to mellow you back out. So yeah. it can be job stress, it can be work stress, it can be money stress. It doesn't have to be that the thing that keeps you mellow does not have to cost money. It could be something you can do at home. It could just be working out. It could be eating, whatever the case is. Um, as long as it's healthy, I would say. Yeah. Find Maybe something. Drugs. I'm not saying that. I mean, nah, you do what you want. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't promote or deny anything for people. <laughs> um, but but you know, just just find like a healthy outlet. I guess if it's really money, that's the source of it. You got to figure out why. So is it you're not making enough money? Is it that you're spending too much money? You don't know where your money's going. You got to pinpoint what the real source of the issue is and see if it's something that can be fixed. You know, a lot of times, like I'll tell people, we're great to have, but we're not magicians. So nine times out of 10, when it comes down to your problem, you're either going to A, cut your expenses or B, increase your income. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that simple. So, you know, you got to figure out what side of the coin you really need work on and just make it happen. So when people come to you for financial advisement, do you do like um, consultations before mm-hmm. you actually take on clients or like how does that process work um so yeah typically when we set for a meeting that's that's when we'll have our consultation um sometimes you know i'll do a pre-qualification over the phone just make sure that we're really in a good fit for each other mm-hmm. so like a lot of times people ask for credit advice i give generalized credit advice but i'm not a credit repair specialist so okay. i'll probably outsource that mm-hmm. something with tax advice i do not at all give <laughs> tax advice do you get that question a lot a lot <laughs> i give tax advantage investment advice so i can tell people how to potentially get tax free money tax deferred money things like that Mm -hmm. in investments but i don't do taxes i don't give tax advice um i'll typically do like a like five ten minute phone call Mm -hmm. just to really see like okay you know what do you got in play what are you looking to get done and make sure there's something that i can actually help you with if i feel like it is we'll sit down we'll go through our consultations i don't charge for consultations typically I am licensed to do so. So if it's something where, you know, maybe somebody just literally wants a plan but doesn't want to implement it with me, I'll charge for that consultation. Okay. But typically I don't. Well, I think we're a good match because I'm going to be coming <laughs> to you. <laughs> okay. And just kind of to wrap it up a bit, mm-hmm. um, like I guess in general, what do you think people should focus on financially? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to speak for like millennials, okay. I guess. The older, what are they? That what are they called? The um, the boomers. Baby boomers. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm speaking for like mostly like I guess millennials right now. Okay. What should we focus on financially? What should be like our? I mean, everybody's goal is going to be subjective, but like in a general sense, what are things that we should focus on financially? Cool. Um, not enough millennials have a decent savings to be honest, and it scares the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know, making sure or for it, you always got your emergency savings. Um, After that, just making sure that you're educated. You know, the reason that people don't grow their money is because they don't know it. And speaking from the older generation that I do work with, a lot of times they get into the investment games, even with retirement, really late because they never learned it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when the age of information, just make sure that you learn everything. Honestly, like that's the biggest plus that you can do for yourself financially. There's so many free things out there that you can have on your side. Like I said, like the online accounts, you don't want to pay for that. You don't want to do anything crazy with it. The high yield. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm still um, coming though. <laughs> I've been saying that. I think I'm playing. I'm gonna be like, listen, remember when I said I was coming? Okay, yeah, you gotta let them know how I went. <laughs> um, so definitely, you know, make sure your education's on your side. Do your due diligence. You know, research the people that you're dealing with, things like that. Um, financially, what else can I tell y'all? 
definitely have your savings. Don't be afraid to try new things. So people are afraid of investments because they're afraid they're going to lose all their money. Mm-hmm. That's really unrealistic. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to be super rich. Oh, I'm going to lose all my money. There's a lot of in-between. Yeah. So, it's not black and white. Exactly. I say don't be afraid to do that. And don't let your parents pigeonhole you from really, like, breaking out. Especially the Caribbean kids and the oh, black yeah, kids. Listen. Specifically. Listen. Oh, for anybody investing in the Susu, they can be great. Oh, that's a good question. Yes. <laughs> I forgot to say. Yes. Susus are great. I have nothing against them. Do not put all of you. That is not your sole investment advice. Don't tell me that's your investment plan. Don't tell me you're waiting to get your hand for your turn. So many things can go wrong with that. If you depend on that without having your own stability, we're going to have an issue. And I've seen it happen too many times. Mm -hmm. Please. I can't. (laughs) I can't. Like... Oh, I can't. I, I totally forgot about that because I was definitely thinking about like, okay, I can join the susu now. It comes up job. all the time. It's not, again, it's nothing wrong with a susu, you know, and it comes in handy sometimes. All right, it's your hand now. You know, you're getting this big pot of money. It's ready for you. You can take care of whatever you need to. But what happens when the other person pull their hand back? What happens yeah. when they're they not true to it? And I've seen, don't tell me, oh, it doesn't happen. It happens. Yeah. I've seen it happen. You know, not only that, but what happens when your turn is so far out and you're going through your emergency right now? Yeah. You rely on that your money. You don't got nothing. like 10 months down the line. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I would say that and um, stop being afraid of the future. A lot of, a lot of millennials like feel like we're going to live forever. And, you know, it's like, oh, definitely ending. I don't care about retirement. I don't care about life insurance. I don't care about getting in front of things. Get your stuff set up ahead of time. There's yeah. so many things that are so cheap because we're young and so, and so much more. And this is the age to start doing that type of stuff oh, versus out. when you're like 40, 50. Yeah, and it's hella expensive you have your and best. it's late. Yeah. You know, you don't know what could have happened in life to you by then. Mm-hmm. So the earlier you start, the better with everything. Anything that you want to get done, start as early as you can. I'm going to say that. Even if it's like with a little bit of money, just start early. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I guess just final question, final little thing. Any <laughs> any general advice or tips or whatever that you want to leave with the listeners today? Mm, gems, huh? Gems. Gems. Gem dropping. Some Tiana gems. Damn, that's a good question. <laughs> what do I want to tell you? I feel like we went through so much. We did. Thank you. I'm excited <laughs> you came today. Um, gems, 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 gems. I went over savings. Retirement. So retirement accounts, again, they're not just for retirement. There's so many ways that you can kind of use that to an advantage. So a lot of people don't know you can actually buy your property with your retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal with the penalties that I mentioned at all. Um, you can get your first property. If, as long as you do it correctly, you can use that. When it comes down to credit cards, I would say credit is a huge issue for a lot of people too. Mm-hmm. Make sure that if it's if you can, consolidate your credit. So a lot of times you end up with high minimums when they're separated. If you consolidate it into one, typically your minimums are a lot lower. What do you now, mean? So you may have like six cards. Um, let's say you owe like 6000 in total, mm-hmm. right? Across six different cards. You may have like a minimum on each of them for about like... you may end up paying about $400 a month Mm -hmm. but you can get it to a point where you put it all literally into one debt and your minimum may only be like $250 Mm -hmm. a lot of times people don't understand that when it's spread out you actually end up paying a lot more than you would into one payment also um, if you can and you have the ability to join a credit union credit Mm -hmm. unions are a lot more lenient with things they tend to be on your side a lot more Um, you can get personal loans to even like knock out some of that crazy credit debt and try to watch for like deals with cards. So, I think we're gonna talk about credit. So when it comes to credit, um, 
If you can, don't carry a balance. You can spend your credit card literally every single month. If you pay it off every month, you don't accrue interest. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to pay interest. It's not always needed. Yeah. So um, I would say do that. Take advantage of cards that have points. Try not to use the points to cash for cash because you tend to get less value out of it. Try okay. to use it for like travel rewards or whatever kind of rewards that they're giving you. Make sure you pay it off. Never miss a payment. Like, literally, I'd rather you scrape whatever, like, bare minimum, but don't miss payments. Those are a lot harder to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of credit. Are there any companies that are better with their credit or that somebody should open up a credit card with? Mm, if you don't have credit, start with a secure card. They're guaranteed okay. to give it to you. Um, oh, From whichever bank? Yeah, it doesn't okay. matter who you do it with. I, I did mine with um, Capital One. Okay. I don't even, like, care for them. <laughs> okay. Um, and always try to get as much of a limit as you can. So store cards if you have so many people have store cards a lot of times they don't really check if you ask them hey listen do you do soft pulls if they're willing to do soft pulls say great i need an extra thousand dollars on my limit they'll just approve you on the spot so soft pulls and hard pulls um hard pulls are the ones that show up on your credit report okay that kind of hurt it soft pulls they look at it but it never shows up in your core okay so it doesn't hurt your score or anything like that they'll say okay great you checked it maybe you can get an extra two thousand dollars on your limit it's better to have high, as pretty much as high of limits as you can because it looks like you're responsible with a lot more money. Mm-hmm. So when I went to shop for my first car, um, my credit score was like literally like 750 something. But everybody kept denying me because I didn't have enough limits. So okay. they were like, okay, you have great credit. Yeah, you had credit for like four years, but you know, you're only working with a couple thousand. Like I've never seen you with a $10,000 loan. I've never seen you with a $15,000 loan. So they mm-hmm. kept denying me. It took so long to get approved. And I was like, so what exactly are the limits? Like, do you set that up yourself? Does mm-hmm. that, how does they that determine work? it. So, um, they determine it based off your credit worthiness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how long have you had credit? How responsible were you in the past? How much money are you making? Mm-hmm. What are your, they don't really get into your expenses, but they look at things like that. Um, and what people don't realize is a lot of times these, these companies don't even like check your income. They'll mm-hmm. ask you, I don't promote lying, but they'll actually. <laughs> so, um, I have it. Just want to say this episode is called Finesse in the Finances. <laughs> Finesse, you know what I'm saying? saying. <laughs> so, I've had those instances. Hey, listen, yeah, I made 30000 Nah, yeah, and then I made 80000 mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, they determine the limit based off of credit worthiness. So, okay. all of that, um, your payment history, how long you've had credit, how much money you're making, um, how, you, like, how many limits limit? you are. Uh, you can ask for increases okay so and that's when they'll kind of do checks but if you plan on using your credit for something like property in the near future Mm -hmm. um you always want to ask if they do soft pulls if they do hard pulls it's going to hurt you okay so you know you check that out but if they're willing to do it get your increases and some of them will do automatic increases as you keep paying down if you pay off your balance pay off your balance Mm -hmm. they'll keep throwing money at you no, I know with Chase, like, I start off with, like, a $1,000 limit. After, like, a couple months, like, all right, here's 2000 Literally within, like, a three-month time frame, went from, like, one to, like, five. I have Chase, and I have to, I don't have no credit yet, so I have to. Yeah, with them, it went from one to five, like, in three months. Mm. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> so what's the, like, because you say you were being denied a lot. What's, like, yeah. a good limit to start with? Or I mean, um, even though you don't determine relative. it, but, like, it's relative. what's a good so, number? The reason I got denied is, you know, my car loan was like $27,000. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at me like, hey, you got like $8,000 in credit limit. When have you ever had a $20,000 loan? Yeah. They probably would have been more comfortable if I had maybe fifteen or so mm-hmm. like that. So it's really relative. When it comes to getting other credit cards, they don't really care. It doesn't matter. Okay. You know what I mean? They may give you a higher limit if they see you have more limits, but 
it just depends on the situation you need it for. Mm. And how many credit cards do you recommend somebody have? Honestly, you really don't need that many. Everything should have a purpose. So I know people who got like six, seven, eight. I've cards. got um, I have a few. I do, but you know they kind of serve their purpose. Mm-hmm. So I started with a secure card. I still have that. Like my limit on that is literally three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know I made sure after I got my credit up, I'd use that just to get my score up. After six months, ended up like in a high six hundreds. I went and got another card. Mm-hmm. Got a real limit. It was like thousand dollars. Worked on that. Then I got my um. Then that's when I got to Chase. First time I applied for Chase, they denied me because I didn't have any credit. They were like, no. So they probably <laughs> gonna deny me. Don't start there. Yeah. Okay. Don't start with that. Cause that's my yeah. regular. That's my checking. I, yeah. I I banked with them for like at least ten years before that. And they were like, and they were like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they was not with it. So I, right, I'm gonna show y'all something. So I came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything had to serve a purpose. You really don't need more than maybe like two or three cards. But I would say like three cards is a sweet spot. It's just about getting as high of limits as you can. Okay. Okay. And any other? I know you started the credit gym. Yeah, I don't even know why I got into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was helpful. It, well, it was helpful for me. Oh, um, so yeah, make sure your credit is on your side. Credit is power these days. Cash is cash is okay, but it's becoming obsolete. Um, make sure you just just learn your life hacks. Always, I would say, keep somebody who specializes in every key area that you need. Have a realtor friend. Have a mortgage um professional professional as a friend. Have a financial advisor as a friend. You know, keep <coughs> people in these areas. <laughs> you know, the, I'm, I'm open to friends. <laughs> um, you want people in these areas so when it comes time to get these things done, at least you already got somebody you can trust right. that'll help you out. Mm-hmm. Um told you take advantage of the retirement accounts keeping your short-term buckets not advice um if taxation is an issue oh boom there's another one people don't realize the more you put into your retirement account you're actually decreasing your tax liability for the year so you can control your tax bracket case in point um i was in a 22 percent bracket i put a certain amount into retirement and i dropped my bracket to 12 12 percent mm. so i just dropped 10 percent of my tax bracket right. so now instead of getting like 1500 bucks back i'm getting like six thousand dollars back you can control that yeah you just have to know what you're doing that's how you finesse the system right mm-hmm. so um get you an advisor and it's money Come that in. you're putting away for yourself just for later so right. you're not giving that money away right right so i would say learn the tricks of the trade learn different hacks do stuff like that make sure you have advantages in every situation um so not advice but there are different tax advantage tax-free investments out there taxing is an issue look for it you know a lot of my clients are nurses they get taxed up the wall so you know i help them a lot with things like that but i don't give tax advice um (laughs) so it just depends on your situation make sure you take advantage of what's out there okay okay well that wraps up all the questions thank you so much that was mad information and like i said for the hundredth million time i am making an appointment with you sis okay and i will leave her information in the little description box thing so you guys can make an appointment with her to book her period okay (laughs) but yes thank you for for coming thank you this was fun i guess I'm happy because I was like I told y'all earlier I just randomly hit her up I was like oh I hope she's the craziest thing (laughs) I was like all right read it let's go (laughs) but yes I appreciate that thank you so much any final words um live y'all life guys have fun just do it responsibly (laughs) come see me facts (laughs) so thank you guys for listening I'll talk to y'all next week gardenia bless oh wait no Leave me a rate and a review, please. Yes, I'm going to do mine today. I've been listening to the last few episodes like, okay. (laughs) Leave the reviews. Thank you, thank you. So that's all I have for you guys tonight. Gardenia, blessings to each of you.